Hello, hockey fans, and welcome to the podcast. This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast, and we're going to bring you part two of our conversation with Chris Letha. He is a writer for GetRealHockey.com and also for the HockeyWriters.com. Um, he, he, we had him on the show to go over the 2015 NHL draft as he had participated in quite a number of mock draft previews, and we loved his insight, and we loved where his head was at, so we had him on the show. We went uh, two hours and 20 minutes talking about the first 14 picks, so we had to cut that in half, and what, at the risk of creating the most awkward edit in the history of podcast radio, we had to split that in half and get the first part off to production, or it probably wouldn't have made it out by the time the draft had already occurred. Uh, so we, did, we went ahead and cut it. And this is going to be part two of our conversation with Chris as it got away from being the draft preview and and more into an off-season projecting on a different number of teams, most notably out of the New York market. Uh, So if you're an Islanders fan or a New York hockey fan, then you should enjoy the rest of this podcast. Enjoy. Chris, where where do you see Martin St. Louis? fit in with the Rangers next year? Is he still a piece? Or? Well, he's, he's, a, he's a UFA, and I, quite frankly, even if they, let's say he had a, another, he wants to stay there. Uh, he really liked it here from what uh, I heard and read. He's living in Greenwich in Connecticut, which is a nice place to live. He still wants to play. He would take less money to come here. But even if he had, you know, as an older player, was a very productive player, gave him secondary scoring, uh, they wouldn't have the cap room. Uh, but yeah. having said that, he's you know he's forty now. I mean, so you know someone will probably take a chance on him for a one-year deal. Um, I, I can't see it being the Rangers simply from the cap standpoint. So he was sure. a leader on that team. So if they do move Nash, but keep in mind, I don't think they're moving Rick Nash. The Rangers are now a team. If they move Rick Nash, let's say to Detroit. Like the one rumor I read was Rick Nash to Detroit for Nyquist and uh, and a prospect. So they're not moving Rick Nash, you know, for prospects and pit, high prospects and high picks. They yeah. need a a player back uh, at least, uh, and he's going to call something against the cap. So uh, not the same number as Rick Nash, but um, so I just don't see how they would fit him in. To be honest with you. Sure. But, you know, would somebody take a chance on him? I don't know. I, like I said, it depends. Again, it depends how much he's willing to play. Look at what Brad Richardson did this past year. He took a one year deal for $2 million. So if he was willing to do that, you know. That worked out real good. I was just, uh, just going to say that, man. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Well said, sir. Yeah, the Brad Richards thing worked out perfect. Well, Brad Richards, he might have taken a one-year deal for $2 million, but how much was he getting paid from his buyout? He wasn't going broke in Chicago. Oh, right. Yeah, he, he made a he, fortune he, big time. Yeah, he's doing fine. Him and Vinny LeCavier, no worries on the financial front. But he did. He went. He reinvented himself maybe here in the offseason. What, two years removed from being benched in the playoffs by Tortorella? And then oh. a pivotal role. You could. It, it's pretty easy to say they don't get past the Ducks uh, if Brad Richards isn't playing for the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, 
really reinvigorated himself. He, I, from what I was reading earlier this week, he uh, he went into a pretty pretty stout off off season conditioning program and really really brought it this year. It, I don't think it was so much about the money as it was about you know what I'm not the player that Tortorella benched. I'm better than that. And he had a he came in with a chip on his shoulder and uh, really elevated himself. Tri- tribute to Brad Richards and the hockey player that he is. Um, Martin St. Louis did not have a great playoffs, Tom, and he might he, you know he's going to have to come come strong next year to uh, to prove that he's worth actually you know what the Ducks the Ducks would be a good fit for him. He he could he yeah. could slip into a second third line role with the Ducks, and and his leadership uh, with the you know yep. the Ducks are a super young team. That's a great point, Chris. Um, especially, yeah. I mean, I I know it doesn't really correlate too well, but they're super young on defense, and they do have a lot of young forwards that are coming through the ranks. Um, they're not o- overburdened with cap space uh, issues either. That that might be a realistic yeah. landing spot. Uh, real quick, Mark, what do you think about your Kings this offseason? Because I've read a lot about them and uh, actually going to be doing an article tomorrow on cap-strapped teams. And to me, there are six teams that are cap-strapped, one of which is your Kings. So I've heard, I read somewhere, someone say that the Kings are going with a philosophy of we have these six players that are not going anywhere. Uh, you know, we can figure out who they are. Uh, after that, Everyone's available in the right deal. So, what have you heard about what you know? Because they're big, ca- they are cap strapped. Uh, what do you hear about them? Obviously, Justin Williams isn't coming back due to the cap. There, there is a scenario where he might come back, and if he, really, if he's willing to wait a little bit to see what happens with the Slava Voinov case, that uh, unfortunately does not start until July sixth. Um, Slava Voinov makes more money than Justin Williams. So if Slava right. Voinov is incarcerated, the Kings can void that deal and completely completely erase that cap hit. Then that money goes to Justin right. Williams, and the purple stick tape stays on the L.A. Kings bench, sir. Um, and that could be a fan talking. I would. I mean, how could you not want Justin Williams? I love Justin Williams as a player. <laughs> I love Justin Williams. Uh, the question I would have is, how many more years does he have in the tank? Well, they just, they you know he's going to get a four-year deal. Yeah, Dean Lombardi's a loyal customer, sir. He gave he gave Matt Green a four-year deal when all indications in the offseason prior to free agency said Matt was gone. Um, we knew Willie Mitchell was going to go. We thought Matt Green was going to go. We were going to redo Robin Regeer. Um, that that off season, and then out of the blue, out of the blue, Matt Green co- pops up with a four year deal. Um, he's loyal to a fault to the point where my, the Mike Richards deal is really handcuffing us as far as your as your cap space there. Um, you, if if you trade him and you find a team where you can work out a deal where the Kings keep some of his salary, then. You still have that cap recapture penalty out there where say he does get traded and he goes to a team and he provides that veteran leadership that Mike Richards can provide. I'm a big Mike Richards fan. 
but his his play. Yeah, has, I think he's in the right role. He's a great player. There's he's no question great about it. There's no player. question about it. Yeah. Um. So if he does great penalty killer, right? Uh, if if we don't get Mike Richards, we don't win Stanley Cup in 2012, and that's a that's cut and dry. Um, getting called back up in 2014 and giving you third, fourth line center minutes. We were rolling Kopitar, Carter, Stoll, and Richards in the playoffs as our centers. No team in the National Hockey League could compete with that, and that's the bottom line. Um, the depth. Of oh, that's the other thing you guys got you got going is Kopitar. I'm gonna tell you is a UFA. Next in year. one year's time, Correct. he will be a USA, I believe, at the age of 26. Yeah, he's just a kid. So I, he's just a kid. Yeah, so he, he I mean, he's going to get a $10 million number. I mean, he, I mean, great, he's already at, I think his number is 6'8". Six, 6'8". Eight. Six, eight, uh, I just know this from doing my research yep. for the article I'm going to write tomorrow. That's correct. But he is, you know, I mean, look, if you ask all the general managers in the game, you know, uh, give me your top 10 players in the league. I'm almost positive that minimum 90% of them will have Kopitar on their top 10 in the league. Probably a top so, five center in the league as well. Yeah, I would, I, even higher, you know, even in the, yeah, so that's another, you know, it's the Kings, again, their biggest problem, they need a little more scoring, I think, and, and they have to get a, and Tyler Toffoli's an RFA, is he not? Yeah, I, I, from what I've read, that deal is, is getting closer and closer. Um, Tyler Toffoli's not going anywhere. Dean Lombardi won't even. That deal's going. Oh to no, no, no! He's, <laughs> he's one of those six players that they're not going to move. I'm just saying, in terms of their cap. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, I, you know, I'll be it, curious to see if they get involved with any of these trades. Um, you know, wonder who on their team would be they'd be willing to move. The uh, the rumor at the deadline was enough for Richards and Toffoli. And Dean Lombardi said, "No way, we will not." Yeah, I, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a Fanuff fan. We're adding <laughs> we're adding three million dollars in salary to take Fanuff back, and we're giving you Toffoli. You're out of your gourd. But uh, yeah, uh, Toffoli's going to score 35, 40 goals in this league, and his deal will be done before July first. Dean Lombardi will not let someone offer sheet him. That that's going to be done. If you want to talk about the six that are untouchable, you go to Jonathan Quick, you go to Drew Doughty, you go to Jeff Carter, yep. you go to Andre Kopitar, you go to Tyler Toffoli, you go to Tanner. Yeah, Wilson. I think that's the six. Um, yeah. You could, you could even say Jake Muzzin, who is very un, unheralded on this team. But if you go back the last two years in Corsi rating, Jake Muzzin is the number one rated player in the National Hockey League as far as his Corsi rating. Um. Oh wow! Playing next to Drew Doughty, that hopefully as we go forward, Drew Doughty's only 25, 26 years old too. I mean, him and Kopitar right. are just as young as Taves and Kane. Um, having having a Jake Muzzin on the left side with a Drew Doughty on the right side, as they grow together as the defensive partners, um, I I almost put Jake Muzzin in that category where we're not moving him, and maybe. No, I think the Kings are. In a- Great spot, I really do. I think I think they're in a different way. They're like the Rangers, their biggest enemy is the cap, and uh, uh, you know I, I think they missed the playoffs last year because they were a bit of a tired team. They played yeah. a lot of hockey going into last year, absolutely. And you know they came up a little a little bit short, and 
But uh, they're I by think, no means dead. I think the them biggest... or Boston. Boston is is probably. Yeah, the I, think they're in a, I think they're. Yeah, I, uh, Boston, I'd be a little worried about. I'd be. Uh, I'm not saying that they're going to go in the tank or anything like that. Uh, but you know, Chara, you know, based on his knee injury, his knees are shot. He is not the same player. Uh, you know, that's big. Um, you know, so you know they they're they have cap problems. I don't think they have as good of a roster as some of these other teams we just mentioned. Um, uh, you know, I think Boston is still a good team, but I, I maybe I, maybe, I, maybe a step know, below I, where the Kings are for sure. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I'm you know they'll be in the mix again. So they were right there for the playoffs, and they came up short. But it's not a guarantee that you know. They're gonna make the. They're gonna make the playoffs. Interesting you know, note so, on the Kings uh, and uh, the the year 2012. They finished the season with 95 points. Obviously, we know they went on to win the Stanley Cup. This last season, missing the playoffs, they also finished with 95 points. Down the stretch, as you said, they ran out of gas. And I'm gonna, as a fan, but also I can look at a, I can look at a team and see. Uh, Winnipeg and Calgary flat out outplayed the Los Angeles Kings in the last three weeks of the season. Both those teams. And they had a soft schedule, too. Uh, and if uh, memory serves correct, you're going and you're going to get me fired up here. Sorry. You go in and lose to Edmonton in the last week of the season yeah. with the playoffs on the line. You ought to go play some golf and get some rest. And then you let Calgary, oh, yeah. then you let Calgary and Winnipeg go on because they deserved your spot. And and yeah, you got me a little hot now, sir. <laughs> courtesy of De- courtesy of Derek Roy. Hey, hey, take your Derek Roy. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, down the stretch, the Kings have. No, I think the Kings are going to be right there. It just they they have some cap issues. So I'll send you guys that article that I, uh, when I uh, it gets posted this weekend. Um, so that's what they have to now. Um, well, God. see, What's three three, the, three and a half million. The defenseman who's got the. Li- Jer- is that Jer- definitely he's going to get charged? Uh, he is charged, and his trial begins oh, he is. through through delays. And and the the interesting delay here is his wife uh, is now refusing and recanting the statements she gave to the police in the emergency room, and is in oh. a counseling program in an attempt to coerce her to testify again against Slava Voinov, who she is now refusing to do and only entered this little counseling program to prevent a contempt of court charge being brought against her. So Slava's in trouble. Slava's in trouble. Oh, he is. Okay. Do they have to wait for the trial to be over to – I wish they would have waited for the trial to be over before suspending him. And it's not just being a Kings fan. It's being a citizen of the United States where you are innocent until proven guilty and should therefore right. be allowed to earn a living and go about your life. Right. If you are permitted bail before a judge sentences you or finds you guilty, um, 
for the league to jump in, and it was really fresh on the Ray Rice thing from the National Football exactly. League. Exactly. Yeah, you think you think Roger Goodell for that, right? I get the PR yeah. move, but I, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm in, I'm a Las Vegan. I go back to 1988, and no, no less a gentleman than Jerry Tarkanian fought his battles against the NCAA, demanding due process before penalties were handed out. And I believe Slava Voinov should have been afforded that. Uh, I'm on my soapbox here, Chris. You got me fired up now. And uh, it's probably very good theater and radio. But uh, seriously, I, I don't see how you suspend somebody who is accused of something, not convicted of something. Um, so, no, he is in trouble. The trial actually does begin July 6th. And I think Justin Williams will wait. And Jared Stoll, with his incidents here in Las Vegas at the MGM pool, he is a free agent. He will not be back. So that gives us about $3.5 million you can also take off the cap. If we can void Slava's contract and we can – I think it's going to be a buyout with Mike Richards. You can't let that salary cap recapture in the event of retirement go on for five more years in the league. Say he goes somewhere right. and works out for a year or two, but then retires at 32. We still have three more years of cap recatcher where we're paying Mike Richards to go to Lake of the Woods Cottage and fish for fish for walleye all freaking summer. So I think you have to buy him out. And then we come down from a 5.7 hit, I believe, to a 1.4 hit. So you're looking at 10 to 12, 10 to 12 million dollars there where you can get to Foley and Martin Jones and then still have a little bit of room to bring Williams and maybe even an Andre Sequeira back to round out the defensive core, which has a hole with Robin Regeer retiring. But we do have – this, this summer you're going to have to lock up Kopitar. Yeah. I, I, I don't think – I'm not really worried about that. I don't think Kopitar's going anywhere. He is a Los Angeles king. Um, he's as Oh, young, yeah, no. You just have to pay him. You just got to pay him. And you've got some young defensemen behind – the guys that we have in Amart and Jake Muzzin with Braden McNabb, courtesy of your Buffalo Sabres. We have Jamie McBain, uh, Jeff Schultz, who oddly enough, two years ago has his name on the Stanley Cup and this year has his name on the Calder Cup. He's still in the pipeline. And then you have guys like Colin Mir Miller and Derek Forbort who would be looking to jump to the big club and fill those spots for a, a really, you know, league minimum or a $700,000 contract. So you could plug some in there. You've got Dwight King and, and uh, Kyle Clifford signed for longer-term deals at, at discounted rates. Trevor Lewis is still there. So your third and fourth line role players, Andy Anderhoff and Nick Shore, spent a, a great bulk of, of last season with the big club. Nolan. Uh, let's say Jordan. Nolan is in the house, son of Teddy Nolan Hockey. Um, so they're third and fourth line role players. We're not going to have to worry about too many of them coming off the books here. Um, in Dean, in Dean, I trust in Dean, in Dino, I trust he's going to get the, he's going to get the Kopitar deal done. He's going to work. I, and I want to say he's going to get the Justin Williams deal done. Uh, I am hoping we can get him for a three year, $4 million, nice $12 million cap hit for Justin Williams. Maybe you ought to go four years, 16, and be, because... Yeah, that's, what, that's the number I heard he was, yeah. Because Dean is so loyal, if he'll wait and let Slava's cap hit be absorbed by the judicial system, it, put it this way, if Justin Williams gets into August 
and he's not signed, no one's going to shy away from that and not, you know, there'll be a spot for him, maybe back in Carolina, I've heard. Uh, maybe Edmonton is a good fit for him right now as he, mm. as he comes back. A little I give you a team the great fit is the Islanders. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would, think, I would think, I think. Uh, Mind your tongue, sir. Mind uh, your that's tongue. why I asked the question. <laughs> I, I would, no, that's why I asked. But the only thing, uh, again, that would, would have me a little, I, you know, he's got a lot of hockey under his belt. He plays the game the right way. He gives everything he's got and then some, as you know. Yeah. But, you know, he is because of that. And, you know, he's an old man, but he is. 33, I believe. What, one of the older forwards just, on the roster, actually. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I look at it this way. You sign him to a four-year deal, I feel very confident you're going to get two really strong years from, from him. I don't know about the last two years in the deal. I, I, I think it's I, would agree, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. I think if you get him on a three-year deal, you know, then to me, worst-case scenario is going to be one rough year. You know, but if you give him, he's going to get a four-year deal. I, and, you know, the way the cap is moving, which is very slow, and I, I, if you're a general manager in the league, you have to assume, you know, until you see otherwise, that it's going to continue to move slow. And um, because of that, you have to be very careful with your money. Because one, one contract impacts another contract, and we see how much the salaries are rising. So, I mean, you know, Kopitar is... I mean, he's going to get $10 million, you know, as an example. So, uh, And he's going to get it for a term, too. He's going to get it for a term, too. Dean's going to – Oh, no, you definitely will. It could be $100 million million for Kopitar. It could be 10 years, $10 million per, easily. Yeah, Mark, but the problem is in Slovenian, he doesn't know what hometown discount means. He he, 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 – I don't know what a a hometown discount is. What, what, What is that? Exactly. You know what? If we could get him at ten years, nine million dollars, that's a home down discount <laughs> to me. That's Andre Kopitar. Well, you can only give him an eight year deal. You remember, you can only give him an eight year deal. Is eight max now oh. from the CBA? Yeah, yeah, that's the largest. But a uh, competing team, when you're a free agent, when you're a free agent, the max you can get from your own team is eight years. But from that's a competitor, right. that's it's right. seven. That's right. You get it's the extra year. year. You get the extra year. That's right. Right. You get the extra. No, he's not going anywhere. But I'm just saying, when it comes to your cap, you know, if you have, like they say in the NFL, uh, you know, dead money. So if you have this player who's not giving you much, he's making four million, and this player is overspent by this much, then all of a sudden you have like twelve, thirteen million of dead money, and your cap's at, you know, this year seventy-one million. That's that, you know, that's a, you know, that's a lot of money. You know, yeah. uh, and then you have your big players. So you, you know, you, you really have to be careful uh, in terms of, you know, and like I said, I think a lot of the teams are surprised of how slow the cap feeling has moved. But at the same time, the player salaries are, are flying, and uh, they're not slowing down. Chris, I, Chris, I hate to put you on a spot. What, what, what you said, that, um, the seven- and eight-year deal, did, did, did that all stem from the Kovalchuk incident or, or no? That's a lot of it. No, I think it was just part of, I think it was just part of the CBA agreement, I think. The, uh, Is that right? Yeah. I, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it was protection 
from the teams themselves, yep. uh, from the Zach Parisi's. Luongo's uh, contract, the Roberto yeah, Luongo remember, deal. Yeah, if you remember before the lockout, uh, Parisi, Suter, and Weber, yeah. when those three contracts went down, I remember saying to myself, there's going to be a lockout. It's guaranteed. Uh, those uh, contracts were out of control, and so they wanted to stop that. And, yeah. you know, they were still going to get paid, and they also wanted to give their uh, respective team, you know, an advantage, and hence the, the extra year. So I think that was part of uh, the collective bargaining agreement because uh, they realized that. And even still, you know, you see too many players. You know what's killing the cap for the teams is, uh, no disrespect, because I love the guy to death who's on the Sabres now, but it's the Matt Molsons of the world. is uh, you know, a good player. If you're a good player in the NHL and you hit free agency like Matt Molson, Mike Kilarity, yeah. Andy McDonald, you make $5 million. Yeah. You get a five-year deal at $5 million. Of the Mark Strike is another one. Um, you know, I can go through, like, for instance, this free agency. Cody Franson, good player. Is he, you know, if he's a, let's say he's a top four defenseman, he's probably a great number four defenseman. You want to call him a 3A defenseman. He's going to get a five-year, $25 million contract. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's crazy. I mean, so so that is the problem is those good players are making you know you know five five and a half you know Brooks Orpik got five and a half million from the Capitals. You got five years, five and a half million. You know, so um, that's what that's what is killing the teams. And because of that, they have to have some youth on their teams, so they have those entry level contracts. Um, you know. Uh, to offset all these other contracts. It, it was funny too. You brought up the the big uh, national defense in there. Mark and I were talking a while back, and and I totally forgot this was Philadelphia knew the Flyers knew Nashville had financial problems, so they threw out sixty million cash money up front. You have to get uh, him, you know, to yeah, put, exactly. yeah, to put Nashville in a bind. And I, I you know, obviously Nashville somehow got the money, but uh, yeah, no, all the all the trickery of all this stuff is um, amazing to me. And what's what's more amazing is the fact that that contract was the final icing on the cake of guaranteeing a lockout. And then when the lockout came, Snyder, the owner of the Flyers, was one of the hardline owners against the players when his actions really sealed the deal for a lockout. So you talk about being the ultimate hypocrite. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, uh, you know, it's amazing. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and a week later he signs uh, Breezy Brzezgalov to $80 million or whatever, whatever stupid contract it was. Oh, yeah, that was bad, yeah. <laughs> and then had that to buy him out. About, that, that's what I was saying about Duke. Dupnik. I mean, I'd be. Ca- I mean, again, I'd be careful. I'll give you another guy, real quick. Is uh, Kessel? I mean, I mean, like a couple of friends of mine asked me about. Well, what do you think about Kessel for the Islanders? And I said, I go, here's the deal. I go, forget about everything else. If I can have Phil Kessel on my team tomorrow, without giving up any asset, he signed for the next seven years at eight million dollars. Okay, eight eight million dollar cap hit, and that's also his salary. You know what? If I have to really worry about, you know, this guy not living up to expectations and the cap and all, 
I'm not doing it. And then on top of that, I'm going to have to give up, you know, I'm going to have to give up good assets. Nope. Get him. I mean, I don't know how good, but some good assets. There's no way. I'm not, you know what? I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm, I'll pick a path. I'm going to have to, if I have, you know, if I have to worry on that kind of deal, I'm not doing it. Nope. I mean, if it's somebody that's a no-brainer, you know, that I don't have to worry, okay, fine. Let's talk. You know, I mean, one of the guys I think uh, I wrote about, I thought they found the show after, not that I, I don't know how realistic it is, but because of their cap problems, I think for, I think they would listen to Dougie Hamilton. Now, in a situation yeah. like that, I would roll up my sleeves and say, okay, I'm even willing to overpay a little bit, you know, and see if I could figure out a way get him, but, but someone like Kessel and, you know, hey, look, you can make the argument that you put a Phil Kessel in an environment with you know, somewhat no pressure, like, the, you know, it's a big difference between playing for the Islanders and playing for the Maple Leafs. Sure. You put Phil Kessel with John Tavares, I mean, you can make an argument he could have a gigantic year. Sure. Uh, you know, you, you could make that argument, and the Islanders are looking for a guy to play with, to, you know, to, to you know, and then how much better will that make even Tavares if that's possible? So, um, you know, you can make that argument, and that'd, that'd be a strong argument to make. But uh, like I said, I feel I see Larry. I don't think I don't think uh, I could see him going to Florida. I keep saying Florida, but I could see him <laughs> going to Florida. You know, Florida always wants to eat cap, and on um, the uh, the Kessel thing. I know you guys are not a fans, but definitely a fan when Kessel plays for USA. He's a, he's a, he is a dynamic player. And if you guys remember, Chris and Mark, if you guys remember, there was talks at one time. He was right in the talks with Crosby at that, at that draft. That was misspoken. I'm saying a year, be, a year before <laughs> the draft, but I'm saying there was talks at, at one time. Kessel, he's a, he's a dynamic player, no doubt about it. Yeah, you got to put him in the right situation, I feel. Real quick, you know, everyone's, uh, for rightfully so, Arizona's getting a lot of attention, and it seems like that, you know, I mean, I mean, it, it's on life support. They'll be there next year, but after that. But no one's talking about Florida. I don't know if you guys noticed, but in a lot of games last year, especially during the week, they were drawing like 8,000 and change. And yeah. Sure. Have you heard anything about, yeah. you know, it's, it, they're going to survive down there? I, I I didn't hear hear anything, Chris. But uh, just to piggyback off your eight thousand, they specifically didn't do like two for one tickets, and you know buy one get four free. They specifically didn't do that. I I, I believe to to get out of their lease because they were doing the two for one deals, and it made it made it look like it was bigger than it was. And this this year, I remember hearing it that they, they did not do that, and that's and that's the result you see. Yeah, that's. I mean, I don't. Again, I haven't really researched it enough, but I mean, just following it from afar, seeing what they're drawing attendance-wise, uh, I would, you know, you know, Arizona, Florida, and obviously Arizona's on the forefront. You guys, you know, can being out there can speak better to it than I. But I mean, obviously now with the latest, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to envision that this is all going to get worked out for the long term. The uh, the thing with Arizona. Arizona. The thing with Arizona, and we have a lot of a lot of friends of the show down there, um, 
I've a, I'm actually probably one of four people that read the 187 page filing from the Coyotes, uh, basically, <laughs> basically because my wife is a wonderful woman who doesn't mind having a being a hockey widow for 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 ten months out of the year. But uh, yeah, I did. I read that and really. Um, they do have their, their restraining orders, so actually right now all systems are go for, for the Coyotes. They have an owner who really does believe in, in the valley there in Phoenix, and I was born in Phoenix. Um, the, the ownership does not want to move, whether it's staying, staying in Glendale at that arena. And, I mean, if, they, if, if, if Arizona wins their case, they're going to be looking at possibly between 50 and 75 million dollars in damages and reinstating that lease for another 13 years. Um, there's an out clause after five that allows the city of Glendale right, they, to they terminate if they lose 50 million dollars in that time frame. And it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Three years ago when they signed the deal, they lost 13. Uh, last year, I believe it's eight, and this year they lost th uh, $4.6 million, which if you look at the operating income of the Arizona Coyotes, and they in the la last season they lost $4.6 the Minnesota Wild lost $5.5 million last year and have lost money on their operating revenue for five consecutive years. What people don't understand is when you look at a TV set and there's – you know, 18,505 crazy Minnesotians at the Minnesota Wild game, their lease agreement is, right. is garbage. The state of Minnesota, which is the state of hockey, a very cold weather traditional market, had to actually forgive their loan, their, their arena loans to the team to the tune of $32 million this season because the Wild was going to default on the loan. They did not physically have the money to make the payment. So the state said, fine, you know what, we forgive the loan, which is basically, yeah, we eat the loan as the state. And any future revenues that you have that may become available, which would be a loan repayment, you have to put into maintenance and improvements on the arena. That's the deal, and the Minnesota Wild obviously took it. Um, but when you look at Arizona, you have an ownership that actually does believe in that marketplace. Um, okay. It's – it's not as cut and dry, and 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 now that now That's it's coming out, Phoenix, the the mayor of the actual city of Phoenix, has reached out to the Coyotes and said, "Hey, come on back down, brothers. We'd love to have you." And they have already been in contract talks with the 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 Phoenix Suns to build a new arena in the downtown district near the the Diamondbacks baseball stadium, which. If uh, you probably haven't been there, is a fantastic little spot in the town. With, nice spot, nice with, spot. Uh, nice, nice uh, new bars, new restaurants, little arts district there. You could park down there, walk to the games. You got. All the, right, so you're uh, saying that it could still work down there. I absolutely believe it can still work there. I don't, I don't believe they're going to abandon the the city of Phoenix, especially. Um, if if the they boy win, if there if, was a team that needed to win this lottery it was it was the Coyotes uh, for sure well said on that it, they really yeah they it's, really it's, 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 say Buffalo got the job Phoenix really got jobs on that oh uh, yeah, yeah they, really, well Buffalo knew 
going into the lottery, not to tell you, Tom, that they knew, hey, worst case scenario, this is why it was so important to finish last. Worst case scenario, we'll get Nichol. I mean, so that's yeah. not a bad place to be. Uh, Arizona uh, really needed, they really need uh, star power. They needed a franchise, you know, the, the franchise maybe is not on life support, but it's, you know, it's. I think it's that's a fair work. assessment. Life support uh, is, is a fair assessment. Now, I mean, life support's pretty, you know, uh, pretty bad. I, I mean, based on what I you think said, we're there. <laughs> want to make a, right? uh, you know, but they really need it. You know, if you had a Connor McDavid on that team, for instance, and uh, uh, doing his thing and getting people excited and getting people, it could only help. It wouldn't be a guarantee, but it could only help. But, but you know, of course, the Oilers won the lottery, you know, one of them. So, painful. <laughs> you don't have to tell Tom anything about that. Uh, you, you said Buffalo knew at worst case they were getting Eichel. They put it, yeah, all, they knew yeah. they were getting Eichel. <laughs> Tom knew yeah, weeks we, before yeah. they were not drawing that ping pong ball. <laughs> Months before. <laughs> That's the nature of being a Buffalo sports fan, sir. It ain't gonna work out. All right, so how are we are we all good with the podcast or Oh yeah, we've we're we've just We've just passed the two hour and thirteen minute mark, sir. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep it to an hour. Yeah, just cut it right down. No, so let's. Uh, Chris, it's a great time Chris, to break this been off. A, a real pleasure, man. Real pleasure. Yeah, I know, absolutely. I love it, it again. You know, maybe the next, you know, maybe uh, next big thing that comes up or uh, an idea more than the. There's a lot of fun talking to you guys. Definitely uh, promote your stuff and. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it was like I said, it was a, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I'll, you know, definitely stay in touch, and uh, for sure, and uh, we'll exchange draft thoughts and stuff like that, and we'll see what uh, Buffalo does with that second second pick. Well, maybe Buffalo uh, surprises us, tries a mover and shake. There's got to be some trades, you know, people willing to move, sure. uh, move up happen. and move down. I mean, I would think. Yeah. I would think. Ladies, I, I would watch Toronto. I'd watch Toronto. You know, yeah, if, you're go, if you're going into a rebuild, um, Toronto we'll, might take a while. You have to have, you have 15 assistant GMs, so it might take a while <laughs> to pull the trigger. And no, and no real GM either, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Shanahan, well, Shanahan's it's his final call. Sure. I mean, Babcock's going to have a lot of say, but Shanahan, uh, you know. With, yeah, with that's kind of, with kind of advisors. Yeah, that situation is just uh, they got a lot of they got a lot of road. I mean, to me, there are six teams in the league that have a lot of road work to do, and it's the bottom six in this draft going forward. They have to really look at the big picture. After that, you could make an argument from the Flyers on up. You know, if things break right. You know, although I'm not a big Flyers believer, I think they're too top heavy. They they have a problem. They have a cap problem too. And uh, Voracek is a a free agent in, in a UFA in a year. So what are they? Huh. Doing? And he's coming off a ridiculous year. I mean, what are they gonna? For sure. You know, what are they gonna do with him? Get you rid know, of so. Cavier and sign him. Wow. Buy out. Use another buyout. Use another buyout on Lecavier so he can go play golf back in Tampa. Get senior they, uh, senior advisor to hockey operations. What's that? Aren't they maxed out on their buyout? Well, they used Brisgolov. Who was their other? I thought uh, they had one available. I don't. Yeah, I'm not right. sure on that. 
I know, I know they bought out Brigallo, but somebody, I did think they had one available. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, too. I thought they used two, but I can't remember who it is now. I can't remember. And what's his name? They traded what's his name to Columbus and the uh, Hornell. You know, unbelievable Yeah, they year. did. Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he was solid, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I question whether or not he's going to. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna do that again. But uh, yeah, we'll have to keep it. We'll have to see. We'll have to, maybe who knows? Maybe the Kings will surprise us and move up. It, it they're in happen. a spot where they can move up. Yeah, they are. They got a, they know, got a lot of players too. A lot of prospects that really uh, bolstered their value, if you will, going through the Calder Cup playoffs the way they did. They pretty much dominated that thing. Three five game series and a sweep, and uh, done. So, you know, if you if you want to pull the 13th and a couple prospects out of Manchester and move up into uh, the, that New Jersey slot, looks pretty attractive. To, uh, you get a Yeah, I would think between that six, that six or seven yeah. or eight spot or, you know, uh, yeah. you know. De- don't, don't, put it, don't throw a fastball past Dean. Dino's going to hit it out of the <laughs> park if you give him a chance. No, yeah, no, he, he, he's aggressive too. One of the greatest, uh, I like about one of the greatest travesties in the National Hockey League the last five years, Dean Lombardi has never won Executive of the Year, and if you pull off the trades and salary cap management and player development rebuild that that franchise has gone to, and Dean Lombardi is the head of that ship, he's the captain, and uh, you know you brought in Richards and Carter and Gaverick. Um, is as far as trade deadline moves that that basically won two Stanley Cups, and you've managed to to handle that under the cap. And Dean Lombardi has not won Executive of the Year. That's a joke, in my opinion. Well, Elliot Freeman wrote uh, he thought it was ridiculous that Garth Snow didn't get nominated this year for a GM of the Year, and uh, he got Boychuk and Letty for two twos and and a good defensive prospect. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I think Gareth knows. Uh, and, and we signed Erno, Yeah, no, I, I think Gareth knows it's got a bad rap. I, I, you would know more than I. It just seemed like early in his career he was getting worked over a little bit, but now now he's definitely uh, you know fitting in nice well, and making the right. Get any, yeah, he couldn't get any free agents to come here. Uh, yeah. One uh, Christian Arnoff as one. Didn't want to come to Long Island. He wanted to go to Buffalo. Nothing against That's Buffalo, but I mean, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, hockey heaven, sir. Hockey heaven. Yeah, they bought him out. So, um, you know, they tried to do a number of things. Um, you know, the free. You know, the problem is people saw the Coliseum, the Marriott. They think that's Long Island, and then they get here and they realize it's a really nice place to live, and uh, especially if you have a you know a good chunk of money, which hockey players do, and. Yeah. Um, but the team has gotten better. People have recognized that. You know, from what I have heard, uh, I uh, know uh, I have a friend who has a you know friend of someone in the league or whatnot. And you know, Boychuk came over here with the right attitude. But his plan was, I'm you know I'm going to give everything I got and help this young team. And then you know, a year from now, I'll be a free agent, and you know, I'll see what happens. So you know, I'm going to be gone. And he came yeah. here and he loved it. And yeah. you know, I mean, the Islanders paid him, but he could have gotten that deal from anybody, any of the teams. Or a lot of teams, and um, you know, so I mean, it was like a no-brainer. He he loved it. Yeah, and that's fl- very common. A lot of on the flip side of that, a lot of ex-players. Uh, Garth Snow made the same gamble with Thomas Vanek, and that one sort of yeah, that one know, sort of backfired I, on him. 
you know what? I'll blame. I didn't blame at the time of the trade. I thought it was a good move. I know there was risk involved with it, but um, I blame Thomas Vanek. I, you know, I, he he kind of gave his, you know, 60% effort. Uh, at least he did not, and it was really strange because he was playing in his wool gear, and he was also playing with Tavares in the post zone. So, I mean, you know, uh, how he, you know, was not more of a dominant player. He had a good year for us. He should have been a great, um, you know, at the end of the day, we uh, we he traded away uh, Vanek to the Canadian. The second round pick we gave up the Sabres. We got back in that deal, but at the end of the day, we netted uh, our first round pick from this year for Sebastian Kohlberg, who's like a secondary prospect, if you will, in the pipeline. Um, you know, not you know he could still be a decent player, but obviously not the value, especially of this year's draft. Uh, but you know. It happens, you know. At the same token, you know you're gonna make things, make decisions that don't work out, and then you're gonna pick Anders Lee in the sixth round in the 2009 draft, yeah, and look like a and look like a genius. I mean, so uh, you know, or you're gonna take Bill Apoka, who's a really good defensive prospect, and turn him into a sure thing like Nick Letty. You know, so you know if you're there long enough, you're gonna make moves that really look good, and you're gonna make you know, but that one, yeah. Now, when I uh, like I said, the two biggest criticisms you have of him is what happened with Niederreiter, and uh, and I blame a lot more on Niederreiter than than the Islander organization, and what happened with um, and the Vanek thing. But again, Vanek, I mean, uh, I'll leave you with this. Bob McKenzie said it best when the day people the day of that trade deadline, everyone was killing Snow and the Islanders, and Bob McKenzie said on uh, their show, their trade show. You know who I blame? Because I blame Thomas Vanek. He goes, the reason Thomas Vanek has no trade value is because of Thomas Vanek. Mm. You know, yeah. people can scout, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, on paper, I understood what he was doing. And um, ironically, they made a huge haul. You know, they offered him seven years, $49 million to re-sign with the Islanders. Yeah. turned down. So, I mean, which was a blessing. Which is a blessing. Yeah, for sure. The same blessing <laughs> that... Uh... Yeah. Kovalchuk gave to the Kings in choosing to go to New Jersey instead. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, right. on, on that oh note, God. we're going to have to wrap this up, boys. It's uh, All right. We're on the two-hour, 20-minute, and I still got to go go through production on this. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for coming on and breaking down. Oh, it's not, a pleasure. Not only do the draft. We'll not, not only the draft. Maybe we'll come do, come through uh, and do a free agency look ahead somewhere towards yeah, the end of the month great. here. If uh Put a little time into looking at the available free agents and projected. Yeah, them. maybe also at the same time. At the same time, there'll be um, some recap on some trades that went yep. down. Yep. Combination yeah. Combination. So that. And, you know, and closer to home. Talking, talking about how. Closer to home, the board of governors what? is meeting next week to decide whether they'll open the expansion process, and hopefully, we'll be able to have a little chat on the uh, viability of the Las Vegas franchise as well. Oh yeah, last question. When when does it's going to happen? When does Vegas get a franchise? Uh, is it possible that they have a franchise in a year's time? No, not at all. The uh, current timeline. No. The current timeline is at the board of governors meeting. They will vote to initiate the expansion process, which is going to happen. And in September, at the next board of governors meeting, they will vote 
to accept Las Vegas as a franchise, and their entry into the National Hockey League will be in the year 2017-18. Um, 2017-18. 2017 so a couple years away. Our arena will be okay. complete in the spring of 2016 with zero public funding. Uh, totally, private, totally privately funded arena, not a politician string in sight, which uh, to, it looks good. to our good, it to our good, good friends in Seattle, uh, good luck with your arena and the political. Well, who's, who's going to be the other team that they have? Because they have to add two teams. The problem, we're going in alone in 2017. The NHL is in love with the Seattle market, but they do not have yeah, an they arena. Are. And they will not have one available. And I spoke with Mr. Foley at length about this. Um, Mr. Foley being the prospective owner of the Las Vegas franchise. Um, I spoke with him over lunch. And, all you know, the, it's not unprecedented to have a team go in by itself in a single team expansion year. It's happened a couple times in the past. So third, I guess they can make it worth 31 teams. Sure. Better than 30. Um, yeah, it's not like, yeah, it's not like football. So I mean, if, you know, it's, it's fine. If they want to play with realignment and go fifteen fifteen, and maybe, you know, does Columbus move uh, back to the west, or uh, Columbus is in the west. Either way, uh, do, does Detroit move back to the west? There's a lot of different ways they can make that work. Or they can. And last, 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 last question: What will is there? What has names been bandied about in terms for the last Las Vegas team? Yeah, the process that Mr. Foley says he's going to go through is the season ticket holders that have put up their money, which I am one, and we will get to walk through the arena and pick out our seats, and at that time we'll put a, our favorite nickname in the hat. Gambling-related nicknames will not be accepted yeah so if, if you put the las vegas casino chips on your ticket they're gonna throw it away right right uh, not gonna happen no okay. it's not what we're looking for and it's the city of las vegas the people the 2.2 million people that live here couldn't give a, 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 yep. a, a anything about being associated with gambling um it's the so we're gonna put all our names in a hat and the top 10 teams will go to a vote in the community and then mr foley is uh, sort of jokingly, sort of seriously, has said that he wants a one veto vote where if he really does not like the name, then he's going to throw a veto down and do a revote. His his choice has always been the Las Vegas Black Knights, which is based on his time spent at West Point. He's a West Point guy. So the team, the team okay. colors. Okay, oh, the Black Knights. Absolutely. Team colors are black, gold, and gray. Which again, West Point, uh, and he, you know he and I've seen. Uh, if anybody wants to look up Sparky Chewbarky, uh, he has put forward some pretty sick uh, Black Knights themed uniform and and merchandise logo designs. If if that kind of a theme could carry through to the to the NHL franchise, I'd be all on board with a Las Vegas Black Knights team. Um, I would probably vote Las Vegas Black Knights just because I think Mr. Foley will be the perfect owner for Las Vegas. Sitting down and talking with a, a, no, a nobody like myself for a, a half an hour, 45 minutes over lunch one day for no reason at all, but just because he wanted to talk hockey um, instead of pulling up his billionaire slacks and walking out to a limo and hopping in and riding off to the airport. 
uh, tells me a lot about the man and tells me that mm-hmm. that uh, the fit. Las Vegans are not enamored with celebrity and pomp and circumstance. We see it every day. When when Pacquiao Mayweather were here fighting, nobody I know wanted to be within 10 miles of the MGM Grand. Nobody is down there on right. any red carpet trying to snap photo selfies with Floyd Mayweather. All we want to do is get as far away from that as we can. So if an owner was going to come into Las Vegas and do the do the I'm a billionaire thing, it's not going to happen here. Mr. Foley has shown himself many times. He's had four or five meet and greets where he would just pick a bar with uh, Brian Blessing and show up at the bar, do a radio show. There's 100, 200 people there. You know, he sit down and have drinks with us, answer our questions, and just literally be one of the guys. And that is the kind of ownership that Las Vegas would look for in a franchise. And that's why I think a new expansion team is a better fit than maybe, a lot, you know, bringing the Coyotes no, up there. Uh, we need our own brand. It's our first major league franchise as a city. We, yeah. don't, we don't need a two-time retread, uh, fail in Winnipeg, fail in Arizona, try it in Las Vegas team. Um, we deserve from our ticket drive, our privately funded arena, our privately funded $500 million franchise fee. We deserve a chance to start something fresh and new, and it is going to work in Las Vegas, and that's the timeline. That's great. 2017-18. Well, uh, guys, it was a pleasure, and uh, make sure you send me the link uh, when, when the podcast gets posted. Oh, and, no uh, question. Uh, Thank you so much it, for coming and, uh, on. I know. Yeah, sounds good. I look forward to it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Chris. Chris All right, Chris, thank you so much, man. And uh, we'll, 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 we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, Thanks soon. for coming on. You got it, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. We just we just blew our – we just I blew think our – I to go to the Copa Cabana. I don't know. Friday what? night hey, – Friday night is for the girlfriend. Oh, Saturday my, is for oh the my, wives. My goodness. We just uh, – we just blew away our Dana Lane record by an hour and 24 minutes. Hey, man, uh, is, I don't know if you're recording now, but yeah, you got that dude solid, dude. No, we've been on two hours and 30 minutes. So you haven't hit the pause button yet. Um, dude, I just, I, I just saw Kimball Slice wrapping his hands here. It, okay. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I don't know if anybody is going to stick two hours and 30 minutes into a couple morons talking hockey with a with a. God bless you if you do, if, sir. If if you're here hey, listening, ladies Mademoiselle. and gentlemen, we thank you for giving us your your precious time. Uh, it's it's been our pleasure and uh, basically our honor to meet so many people from uh, across the country to listen to our show. So if if you stuck with us, it's probably all due to the insight Chris Lita has brought forward from uh, Long Island there. He uh, catches stuff about the Islanders on the hockey writers. And also, if you just want to read some of his stuff at hockey in general or some of his mock drafts as we head up into next week, uh, you can catch that on GetRealHockey.com. And if you go to GetRealHockey.com, go ahead and click on our link. The Vegas Hockey Podcast is carrying a blog at GetRealHockey as well. So... Uh, thank you so much for sticking around. It's been our, it's been fun. We're talking hockey. You know, as we've said before, we'll go anywhere and usually do. Uh, Tom, always a pleasure, sir. Always, a, always pleasure. a pleasure. Lord have mercy. Thank God we didn't do 
the first two rounds of oh this. Oh, my goodness. We limited this to 14 picks, and it's two hours and 30 minutes. Uh, you know what? I'm going to put an over-under right now on how long the first round actually lasts. And <laughs> I, we may have just be we may have just went longer than the real draft, sir. <laughs> anyway, on that yeah. note, on that note, we're gonna let this go. I'm gonna try and get this. I got a little bit of a little bit of work to do. Uh, some of it's gonna get edited down. But anyway, Chris was a great guest. Thank you again for coming on. Awesome and fabulous, uh, Tom. Fabulous. Until next time, dude. I, I, I think it's a you know once a week guest, perhaps. I wouldn't be against that at all. If the man knows his hockey, that's for sure. We no could doubt. do uh we could do a four pack. Dana Lane, Chris Lietza, and the, the Vegas hockey know it all joined by the Buffalo Kid. What a show. Absolutely. Okay, with that we're gonna put this off. We're gonna get it started and we're gone.